Welcome back to another edition of the Volunteer State. I'm Blake Topmeyer alongside Adam Sparks and John Adams of the Knoxville News Sentinel. BYU has been canceled. We have not. And John is back in the saddle and the podcast this week is triumphant return. Welcome back to the show, John. Been a few weeks. Thanks so much. I was uh, I was on a sabbatical, as they say. All right, guys. Well, it's it's about a week old uh, news now, but I know it was uh, it's really s- still being discussed. I think in in some circles with Vol fans I interact with, and it was a hot topic last week. Uh, Tennessee canceling its game against BYU in 2023. So not this season, but the the following season. It was a road game at BYU and and sliding into place is a neutral site game against Virginia in Nashville. So first off, thoughts on this? Good move for Tennessee. Not so good move because it's been interesting. I've I've asked a lot of fans and I thought fans would say like, "Oh yeah, this is a great move. We can go to a game in Nashville now. Probably weren't going to get to BYU, but honestly the reaction I've heard from fans is kind of mixed. A lot of fans don't like canceling a game against what is perceived as a tougher opponent of canceling a road game and heard from some fans that were looking forward to maybe making that trip to BYU. So it's been kind of 50-50 in the the fan reaction, but what do you guys think? Well, I mean, it's uh, I, I'll look, I always look at these things from a practical standpoint. <laughs> I'm the beat writer on the call. You guys are columnists. Uh, I, I don't put too much of any kind of take in terms of emotion like this. This team is scared of this other team or wants to avoid that team or, or any of these sort of things. I look at it practically and say it's, it's better for Tennessee uh, it's a greater chance of them losing at BYU than in Nashville to Virginia. Okay, that's a plus for Tennessee if they if they're okay with paying two million dollars. I think the bigger question in that is why did they schedule BYU to begin with? BYU to me is always on the list of the teams you don't schedule because if you beat them, yeah, you're kind of supposed to beat them. But if you lose to them, oh no, I can't believe you lost to that team. It's App State over the years has been on that list. Some of the service academies, Army, Navy, Houston at times. Troy is on that list for some SEC schools. Why are you scheduling BYU uh, for just from a competitive standpoint? Uh, you, you're probably going to go one and one at best in that series. Um, it's good for Nashville because they they're, they're going to get a marquee game and they're going to flood the uh, the city with with orange and make a whole lot of money on overpriced hotels. So good for Nashville. It's probably not that bad for BYU. They've actually overscheduled in their track to get into the the Big 12, and so they need a little bit more space on the schedule. This will be a little harder for them to fill uh, this late, but it's fine. For fans, yeah, I think, Blake, Blake, I think you're right that it's it's a mixed bag because it really depends on your, your socioeconomic status of where you, whether you want this game or not because a trip to Nashville, a day trip, go there, do the game, come back, that's that's easy to do. It's not super expensive. The tickets would be overpriced, but fine. Go in there, do the game, get out. Uh, a flight to Salt Lake City and then a drive to Provo costs quite a bit. But it's kind of a it's a little bit of a bucket list. It's not a little bit. It's a bucket list trip uh, in college football. Um, I've been there twice. I've been for a football game once. Uh, it's a phenomenal scene. I mean, it's not one that you want to do all the time, but. You fly into Salt Lake City, you do the whole, you know, there's a lot of history there and all that sort of stuff, uh, which is pretty cool. And then you get to see the scene at BYU, and there's the the Y Mountain is what it's called 
in the background. You get to see that scene. There's not a scene like that in college football. So it's, it's sort of like Notre Dame in that you want to go at least once. This was Tennessee's chance to go. So a number of fans were going to go, not as many that will come to Nashville. Uh, but from a practical standpoint, just what's best for University of Tennessee football, this is better because it's a better chance of winning and it it doesn't cost that much. They're going to make up the money and the ticket sales. Again, why did you schedule that game? I don't think you should have anyway, if you were just talk, talking about wins and losses. I don't have a problem, as much of a problem with canceling BYU as I did with canceling Army. Uh, Tennessee was supposed to play Army this upcoming season. Instead, we'll take on the Akron Zips. Uh, Blake Totmeyer, Blake, you have you had a very strong opinion on uh, that cancellation. Uh and I agree with you. I mean, it's a it's a service academy. I mean, come on. And and back to Adam's point, don't schedule that game. It, it, I mean, unless you look at everything and say, we're good scheduling this game. We understand the risk, but we want to do it. We want to be patriotic. And so we'd like to welcome Army into East Tennessee uh, but Army, with that triple option, is a hard team to beat. And with Tennessee's defense, I don't think Tennessee's winning that game. I don't know if it'll ha- have the ball very often. Uh, we just saw Army beat Missouri. But that's an, that's another story. BYU, again, I don't know why Tennessee scheduled BYU. It's not like you're scheduling uh, – if you schedule Oklahoma, there's a huge – you can weigh the risk or reward. Uh, you upset Oklahoma, that's a big deal, particularly if you do it in Norman. But BYU, as is, is Adam pointed out, it's just kind of like, I don't know, it's like maybe people look at it like you're playing Wyoming or or somebody Utah State or somebody of that nature where it has been a pretty good program. I don't think Tennessee wins that game at BYU. But I do feel sorry for the Tennessee fans who are planning on making that trip. Uh, like Adam, I've, I've covered a game there, the Wasatch Mountains in the background. It's a beautiful setting. Utah's a beautiful state. You could parlay that the game with a, a vacation. So uh, that's not, you know, that I, I would be really disappointed. I'm sure some fans have already, had already made plans to make that trip. My advice, just, just go to Utah anyway and attend another game. Yeah, as you mentioned, John, and back in September, I wrote a blistering rebuke of of Tennessee's cancellation of its home game against Army, which was supposed to be played this year, and I I still feel that way. I mean, I think canceling Army at home, a game that was supposed to be played at Neyland Stadium, who, oh, by the way, served in two world wars and uh, was from West Point, uh, I think what comes with canceling Army in, in East Tennessee um, you know, on a day when the Medal of Honor recipients were supposed to be getting honored and uh, with Tennessee's history with its Army ROTC. I mean, I just it, there's so many reasons why canceling a home game and ducking Army, um, I thought was just a pretty pathetic move, honestly. Um, I don't feel the same way a- about this one. This is, this is a road game that, to Adam's point, um, you got to kind of question scheduling BYU on the road in the first place. It's not a service academy. I, you know, when I um, you know, was going through that with writing that column about Army, um, I think there, there were a couple people that said this, the service academies are different, you know, that, and they are. These are, you know, these are players that are required to serve their country 
uh, when their athletic careers end. There's there's a lot of honor and prestige with welcoming Army into your building, particularly when Neyland's name's on the side of it. As far as a road game against BYU, I mean, that's a, that's a cool trip for the fans that were planning on going out there. I think uh, if you win that game, that's a, that's a pretty good win. To your point, John, I think sometimes BYU doesn't get the respect that it deserves. It's just lumped in there with some other like random mountain west type teams in, in that area, whereas BYU's actually you know, developed into a really, really solid program. But I think getting out of a road game and getting an opportunity to play a neutral site game in Nashville without costing you a game at Neyland, that makes sense to me. Um, I think that's a good move for Tennessee because I think initially, I know when some fans saw this, I heard from some fans that said, oh, why are we giving up a game at at Neyland to play in Nashville? I don't like that idea. And I had to remind those fans, like, they're not giving up a game in Neyland. They're canceling a road game and adding what basically is another home game. It won't be at Neyland. It'll be in Nashville. But you get to play in Nashville without having to give up a, a game in Neyland. And, oh, in the process, you probably just, you know, increased your chances of, of winning that game. So, yeah, I think it's it's not an apples-to-apples. Apples. Canceling BYU is not the equivalent of canceling a home game against Army. This is, this is a different scenario, and I, I think this one makes sense, honestly. Yeah, and, and keep in mind that Tennessee couldn't beat BYU at Neyland Stadium. Great point. Although Jeremy Pruitt was the coach then. Well, yeah, that's kind of a asterisk by that. Who gets canceled next, guys? I mean, Oklahoma's still listed on the schedule there in 2024. We know Oklahoma's set to join the SEC no later than than 2025. Although it is a home game in 2024 with Oklahoma, we see maybe the possibility of Tennessee trying to get out of that game against Oklahoma in 2024 with the Sooners coming in the league? Well, I find it interesting that this is a, it's a neutral side game because, you know, I, I read something that uh, Blake, I think you wrote maybe a couple of years ago where um, Phil Fulmer was opposed to neutral side games. Now maybe that was just convenient for him to say at the time because Tennessee had a, a few years where they were out of neutral side games, but you know, they play Syracuse and Atlanta in 2025. At least that one's on the books right now. There was a number of years there where Tennessee played a neutral side game, uh, non-conference, regular season every year. There was the Bowling Green game uh, in Nashville, played Virginia Tech in Bristol. Georgia Tech in Atlanta was technically uh, a neutral side, but it was in Atlanta. West Virginia was in Charlotte. So that, there was a run of these uh, that Tennessee did. And to go back to them, um, this is a new AD and new coach. Uh, maybe it's a little bit of philosophy change, or maybe it's just convenient. I find when I talk to Tennessee fans, they're sort of torn on that. Yeah, a lot of it's what are you giving up? If you're giving up a game at Neyland, you obviously don't want to do that. But it's it's a half a step close to Neyland if you can do one of those trips. I, I, I tend to like the road trips. Not every fan is like that. For example, this year going to Pitt, I think that's pretty cool. That's a That's a reputable program that otherwise I'm probably not going to go see. I'm not going to see that stadium. I'm not going to go to Pittsburgh necessarily just for any reason. So it's it's one trip a year um, that you can go to, and that's different. You know, maybe we're pampered a little bit that we go around SEC Stadium so much, but um, I think year after year when you're going to the same trips in the SEC, it's nice to sprinkle somewhere, some, somebody, somewhere else in. Uh, but just going to Nashville or going to Atlanta, 
or whatever as your one non-conference trip. It just that's not that appealing to me. That's different than winning or losing the game on the field. But I think there's got to be some service of fans in there as well. Well, if you cancel Army at Needland Stadium and you cancel BYU in Provo, surely you cancel Oklahoma anywhere. I mean, based on Tennessee's line of thinking, you don't play Oklahoma in 2024. You might have to play it in 25, but no, that's no way to boost your record playing Oklahoma. So uh, I would I would think Tennessee would get out of that game. Is is Akron available on September seventh, twenty twenty four, John? Do you know Akron's future schedule? Any other Mac foes that Tennessee could slide into that slot? Well, there are other Mac opponents, but I really have partiality to Akron right now because it's been so down. I mean, other other Mac teams look forward to playing Akron. It's like Hey, can we schedule Akron twice this year? So, yeah, I, I think Akron, you give Akron enough money, it'll it'll rearrange its schedule. I, I could see it becoming a regular Tennessee non-conference opponent, in fact. Are y'all really ripping on the zips here? <laughs> oh, yeah, but they deserve it. I mean, when I was you call hoping a home and zips, home. I, I was hoping a home and home. I did the uh, I did a game at Akron a number of years ago and and parlayed it into a trip to to Canton. You, you can make it. You can make a trip out of that. I, That's a great a, trip. It is. It is. I mean, do you guys like the idea of essentially scheduling a four and zero in non conference? I mean, is that what we're we're looking at? I mean, Virginia is a that's a little bit of a toss up game, but in Nashville, you're favored to win that game. Do you guys find any shame in scheduling 4-0 in non-conference before the season even starts? Not not when you're oh. in the SEC, particularly the expanded SEC. I mean, the SEC will be so tough, you may as well go, look, look what it's done for Kentucky. I know it has yeah. to play Louisville, but Louisville's down right now, and it doesn't go out of its way to play anybody else that's competent non-conference-wise. So... I don't have a big problem with that. I have more of a problem, like we said earlier. You, you don't schedule an armed service team and then cancel it. That's not the way to do it. But, yeah, if you bring on the MAC, I mean, Tennessee's playing, what, two MAC teams this season? Is that right? Yes, they are, with uh, Akron and, and Ball State. Yeah, I, I go the other way. I, I think there is some shame in, in scheduling yourself a uh, – trying to schedule yourself 4-0 in the, the non-conference. I mean, ideally, you build your program to the point where you don't have to do that. And maybe Tennessee would say, well, once we get our program to that point, then then maybe we don't have to worry about that so much. But I, I think what's particularly um, kind of rich here is you hear a lot of athletic directors, and I'm not saying Danny White has said this, but in general, you hear a lot of athletic directors bemoan the challenges of getting fans in the seats in this modern era and oh how do we how do we compete with 60 inch you know 4k televisions and fans can put a chest of beer in a in a cooler next to their their lazy boy couch and how are we supposed to in this day and age get fans out to the stadium well maybe schedule somebody other than akron and ball state for you know for your non-conference schedule and you'd have a you'd have a chance of getting some fans out to the stadium i mean when tennessee hosted byu in 2019, yeah, they lost, but that was a night game and was the the marquee non-conference game that year. If you recall, John, there weren't a lot of empty seats 
in Neyland that night. A lot of disappointed fans in, in the end, but uh, that place was, Neyland was rocking. Um, honestly, that's as, I've, I've been around for, for four seasons, I guess four or five seasons, I lose track of time now, <laughs> of Tennessee football. And that BYU night game in 2019 was about as rocking as I can call Neyland in that, that time span, other than maybe when they hosted Georgia last year. It was a pretty raucous crowd uh, when, when Georgia came to town. So it's like, if you want to put butts in the seats, which, as I said, you, know, you guys have heard it too. Athletic directors talk about this all the time. How do we compete with the new age technology? Schedule someone good. Schedule someone that fans want to see. You know, create a, a, a slate of opponents where whenever you call and tell fans, hey, would you like to renew your season tickets? You don't have to say, well, you're going to get tickets to an FCS opponent, Ball State and Akron. Do you want to renew your season tickets? No, give them something to go out and, out and see. The in-between is that you need, you need somebody on the schedule that you feel pretty confident you'll beat, but that has enough name recognition that people will respond to it. So, you know, Virginia is actually, I mean, we're talking about a game in Nashville, but Virginia is actually, I think, right in the middle of that conversation. Uh, a, a lot of middle to low end uh, ACC teams is, is what you need. A NC State, a Maryland, a Virginia. Those are teams that if you're middle of the pack in the SEC or a little better than that, you should beat those teams. But that will also sell season tickets. Uh, you know, a win is a win is a win. I think there's a bigger conversation of how Tennessee sees itself right now and how they're scheduling, because if you're a top third of the SEC, you're perhaps scheduling one pretty tough non-conference opponent. And it's OK that it's on the road. It's OK that it's Oklahoma in, in you know, in a home and home uh, because you want to test yourself against that. If you're not that, then you're more of Kentucky Then you're scheduling wins because you want to beef up your, your record and eight and four beating nobody in non-conference is better than six and six, uh, testing yourself. And I think there is something to be said for the, the record at the end of the year being pretty good, despite the fact that you played a bunch of Mac schools and FCSs. So there, there's a little bit of a balance. And I think Tennessee sees itself probably more in the mode of Kentucky right now than they do, you know, Georgia. I think if you'd have told Tennessee 10 years ago, hey, we can kind of get you in the mode with Kentucky. How, how would you feel about that? Woohoo. That's great. I do think the program's headed in the right direction, even on such a small body of evidence under Josh Heupel, a really good offensive coach. Transfers did okay. Recruiting's doing okay. Going okay. So I, I think in the future, Tennessee – might want to look at the schedule differently. It might want to look at what's going to help our strength of schedule. We we got to find a team that we don't want to be too weak if we're competing for a playoff berth. Ideally, that's where Tennessee would like its program to be. So I don't know how far out you set your sights on that. But it does. if Kentucky was in the running for a playoff berth, it, its schedule wouldn't help the Wildcats. There's no way. Yeah, see, that's that's one of the reasons I really liked the idea of a 12-team playoff. I thought it incentivized teams to beef up their schedule because, you know, now you're going for one of four bids, and it's like you, you can't schedule any losses, or you, you certainly can't schedule two losses. 
But I think in a 12-team playoff with six of the bids going to at-large selections, I think it would incentivize you to beef up your strength of schedule because I think one of the way you could get in the running for at-large selection is, okay, maybe you went 9-3, and three, but you played the toughest schedule. You really challenged yourself versus, you know, they're looking at another nine and three team or maybe even, you know, maybe 10 and two, but they didn't play anybody. Um, you know, I think they'll, they'll give credence, would give credence in an at-large bid to that team in the scenario there that, that played a, a really strong strength of schedule, but that's not the playoff format we have right now, uh, which I think, you know, is one of the downsides to the four team playoff era is it, it doesn't incentivize, tough non-conference scheduling. I mean, the path to the playoff right now is like, don't lose in the non-conference and make it to the SEC championship game. That's the path to the playoff. See, and and that's why I think from a practical standpoint, this is fine because you have to schedule where your program is at and where Tennessee's program is at is get to eight wins. Now get to nine wins, get to the Citrus Bowl you know, do your best to try to get to 10 wins, even with a soft schedule and uh, get to a New Year's Six Bowl. And that's, you know, that's the the ceiling over maybe a, you know, over five years, over the Hopple era, so to speak, if it goes well. And so schedule for what you, you're at now. And I think that's what they're doing with, with adding Virginia and dropping BYU. If you are in the mode of Georgia, then you schedule somebody that tests you and you know you're going to, you know, have 11 or 12 uh, wins at the end of the year, and that that test is probably going to help you ultimately. I, I, I don't see really an upside for Tennessee uh, scheduling that tough opponents in uh, in non-conference. But as, as Adam mentioned earlier, you don't have to schedule the lowest of the low in the MAC. I like the idea of going for teams with from Power 5 groups that you can pretty much count on being superior to. Uh, Here's one. How about you cancel Oklahoma in 24? You got to do that. You don't want that much of a test. You're not ready to play for the national championship, I don't think, in 24. So you cancel that, replace it with Nebraska. Well, they play Nebraska in 20. They're scheduled to play Nebraska in 2026 and 2027. Just make that an annual game. Mo- play. Well, just yeah. move it up. Just move okay, it up. I got you. I- I'm looking for a name replacement. And see, that's good scheduling. I don't think that Nebraska is returning to its glory days, but it does have great name recognition. One of the great dynasties in college football. And then other, other, you look at schools that are in a power five conference that aren't, I mean, I'd rather play Kansas than Akron. You beat a power. I mean, there's sort of a, a dividing line there. Yeah. We played a beat another power five school, beat Kansas, beat the Jayhawks. Um, if you really want to, uh, you might even want to go against Texas tech. I mean, you kind of have an idea where Texas tech might fall in the power rankings. You so I think what be- I'm hearing here, John, is that it was actually kind of genius to schedule Virginia then. Cause wouldn't Virginia sort of fall into that category of, yeah, they're a power five school. There's a little name recognition there, but you can expect that in a good year, or even in a decent year, you got a pretty good hope of, of beating Virginia. I think particularly when the game's in Nashville, which will be called a neutral site, but let's face it, that's it's a chance to have a, 
an orange tilted, I guess both teams wear orange, but you get my point, a, a vol tilted crowd. Yeah. Yes. No, I think Virginia very much fits that pattern. You have to be careful though. Uh, as Jeremy Pruitt was reminded in his, his Tennessee era opener against West Virginia on a neutral field, that was a top 25 team with a terrific passing game going against, uh, Tennessee defense that wasn't up to the task. So you got you got to really do your homework on this kind of stuff. I know it's tricky scheduling way out, but look at look at past history, that kind of thing, and and then figure it out. I mean, you and and in the era of NIL and the transfer portal, you you know, you never know year to year. I mean, Akron's uh freshman all-American wide receiver this offseason jumped to pit. So you, you, you maybe were, were, were thinking you were going to dodge him in the Akron game, and sure enough, he jumps over to Pitt, and now you got to face him here in a couple months. So They're not going to cancel Pitt, are they? <laughs> no, but if Pitt, if Jordan Addison hadn't transferred to uh, Southern California, it might have been tempted to cancel Pitt. Well, you know, Nebraska actually has been pretty active in the NIL space, so – even if you say they're not coming back, they're one of the top five or six right now that's dumping a ton of money into NIL. So, yeah, in three years in free agency going right now in college football, you know, who, who knows? The uh, University of Maine may be a power by then. Who knows? All right, guys. Well, thanks for, uh, Thanks for sticking with us on on this one, and Adam will be looking forward to that slate of of MAC opponents this season. Won't be getting that trip out to BYU this year, but uh, uh, or excuse me, in twenty twenty three. But instead, can stay closer to home with with Virginia coming to Nashville. And uh, if there's any more game cancellations, we'll be here to tell you about it. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Volunteer State.